I'm your host, John Frashante, back with another episode of First Team Podcast. Visit our website, firstteampod.com. For all the latest news on lower division soccer, which features a blog and an archive of all of our latest episodes. The website is firstteampod.com. The website is firstteampod.com. Thank you, John, for uh, you know supporting us through your webcast, and I think you're doing it. Even though you're a young man, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, very young man to be sure. You know, I think I told you this. Um, I'm very, very proud of everything you have accomplished. Thank you. So I am joined by New York Cosmos Club historian, Dr. David Kilpatrick. He joins me to honor and celebrate the 50th anniversary of the New York Cosmos. David, it's a big milestone for the club. Yeah, indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. A half century. Um, needless to say, it hasn't been a uh, continuous history of 50 seasons being played, um, but the uh, the entity has been in place for 50 years now um, with, with uh, you know, competitions hopefully still to come. Uh, you know, one can't anticipate the future, but one can certainly uh, acknowledge uh, the, the past in a way that, you know, recognizes the, the, uh, the rich legacy that, that, that we have had since the club was founded 50 years ago. You know, the, the sporting landscape has changed so much. And uh, it's hard to imagine uh, a, a soccer club that's had as much of a transformative role in American sport. I don't know if you saw that on social media, but Pelé, uh, his hashtag was trending on Twitter. So I thought that was very oh. fitting. Yeah, well, you know, there you go. The, you know, the interest. Yeah. Um, I didn't know, maybe because of the documentary that's coming out on Netflix in a few weeks. No, I think um, it was mostly about Tom Brady. He won seven rings, right? So I think oh. they were comparing that. I could be wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. you mean somebody <laughs> actually put uh, the gridiron quarterback's name in the same sentence as Pelé's? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but I'm not sure yeah. if some people are aware, right? Uh, but there was another New York City soccer team called uh, the New York Generals. They played in the NPSL back in the day and the NASL, but they went out of business yeah. in 1960. 68 and the cosmos were established in 1971 um so from what i understand the cosmos were originally established to fill that void that was left in the new york city market by the generals yeah you know it's mm-hmm. it's actually pretty fascinating in terms of the uh the legality of that if you will um there's later documents in uh, like internal memos and things like that where you'll see that that the the cosmos took the generals nasl franchise right so yeah the, um the history that you know basically the um the world cup in 1966 was such a success in many ways um but there was a, a demonstrable um fan interest here in the united states that uh, you know jack cox had had the um international soccer league that played its games at the Polo Grounds and at uh, Randall's Island and had some of the world's great teams come over and play in tournaments. And we had a New York Americans 
New York Americans Club actually fielded a team in that in that tournament for a while. Um, but uh, it was the World Cup in '66 that really kindled a lot of interest in reviving professional soccer, which had been gone at a truly full top flight, fully professional league since the Great Depression in the old American Soccer League. RKO General put a team together in what was the NPSL, and Madison Square Garden put a team together called the Skyliners in the United Soccer Association. And uh, the two rival leagues uh, had franchises in New York sharing Yankee Stadium in, in 1967. Um, then in 1968, the two leagues merged to form the North American Soccer League. And the Generals played that inaugural NASL season, but then RKO General folded the, the club by the end of the year. And there was no one to represent New York. So the league, Phil Wisdom uh, had become the commissioner, and Clive Toy was kind of on the case. They had worked together with the Baltimore Bays uh, franchise initially. Um, when Clive came over after the, the World Cup in his native England um, and tried to secure ownership. And around the same time, the Erdogan brothers had been encouraged by Steve Ross, the chairman of Warner, to try to find how they could best invest in a soccer club. So it really was uh, uh, a match made in heaven in some ways down in uh, the, the paradise of a, of a World Cup finals when uh, Phil Wisdom just kind of found his way at the Erdogan Brothers, uh, I'm sure, rather decadent uh, rock and roll soccer party during the World Cup in Mexico and uh, ultimately convinced the Erdogan Brothers and uh, Ross and other investors to uh, uh, invest in that franchise. And so the Gotham Soccer Club was born in 1970, and uh, then ultimately the Cosmos uh, were, were christened. And uh, we can celebrate the, the uh, February 4th, uh, 1971 is the is the day the Cosmos were formally announced. But you know, when you when you first said that, John, I thought you were going to talk about the Cosmopolitans or the the Cosmos of the 1890s. That that's something that uh, even fewer people know of. And I've talked with Clive Toy about this so many times, and uh, every time I mention it, you know, it always just surprises him so much. And you know, it just kind of goes to show how great the Cosmos name is. But you know, there's a Cosmopolitan Association Football Club founded in 1890 um, that really became a, a, a big sensation in the local media. And their games against the Philadelphia All-Stars helped kickstart the very first professional soccer league in 1894. It didn't last long. And the National League baseball owners tried to get things started, but they had their crises then too, in terms of overinvestment, uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, the, the the press called it a team back in the 1890s, the Cosmos. I think the word cosmopolitan didn't really fit in that column inch, you know, so they would call them the Cosmos. Um, so when the club was christened the Cosmos in February 1971, it really was in some ways uh, an unknowing nod, almost like the... Uh, ghosts of new york soccer past were coming back because uh that's the name that song that new york soccer team needs right the cosmos we will not talk about the current state of the club but the cosmos they are a brand that no matter who is playing or coaching the club there is a lot of interest in the club and and in the brand from around the world. I was speaking to a listener of the show that is from France and he is currently writing an article on the Cosmos of course. Uh and the boys in green, they really are a worldwide club. 
Yeah, you know, every, every week, uh, I won't say every day, but certainly every week, someone mm. from somewhere around the planet reaches out to me with a query of one nature or the other about the club <laughs> yeah. and its history. Um, you know, when you when you think soccer in America, the first thing you think of is the Cosmos. Um, and yeah. especially yeah. for fans of a certain age like mine, um, I'm just a, a little bit older than the Cosmos, not much more. <laughs> yeah. um, you say Cosmos to someone... Uh, of a certain age and they it just puts a smile on their face and um a story some connection or even a, a video someone watched or uh you know a, a, a time that the the cosmos came through their city when they were a kid or whatever it may be or you know few clubs can can uh brag about having the the generation's very best players uh you know last night i was having a conversation with my son as we we're talking about the you know, how many clubs could claim to have two or three of the greatest five players of all time uh, wear their badge, right? That's that's something we, we claim as our own. And uh, it, 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 yeah, it really does go to show how um, the history of the Cosmos is, is so important, not just for New York soccer, but uh, for, for, for soccer all around the world. Yeah, and uh, we can talk about the Cosmos history all day long, David, uh, but we still have those MLS haters uh, regarding the Cosmos, right? They hate on social media, and uh, those people, they probably believe that the Galaxy or whoever, right, they are the biggest club in U.S. soccer. <laughs> uh, so You know, I, yeah. I got a kick, uh, I have to admit, right mm-hmm. before uh, you called, um, yeah. I got a kick in my social media feed. I saw some kind of throwback uh, galaxy uh pinstripe uh, green and gold thing yeah and i remember laughing at the time thinking like you know i think they're modeling themselves after somebody here but uh yeah you know uh we've got, yeah i've got some friends that work for them lots of friends who are fans of them and um i have to say the galaxy have, have always been kind to me as as an entity but uh we're the real thing and uh we've got a lot to be proud of there's nothing bigger than being cosmopolitan and i think our cosmopolitan our cosmopolitanism means so much to who we are and i think it's reflected in the activities of the supporters groups who are so active uh with various causes uh you know food shelter you know food shelters uh for the homeless uh the the different philanthropic activities of uh, supporters um through this really strange and challenging time of pandemic um is also, you know, further reflective of, of the cosmopolitanism at the heart of the club. Um, I would say probably um, the first thing that comes to mind was uh, the soccer bowl win in Atlanta in 2013, and and uh, everybody uh, doing the pitch invasion. Mm-hmm. That was really, really special. Um, you know, uh, reached Marcusena, and uh, we embraced. And uh, mm-hmm. I was with my best friend. I grew up. Uh, you know, we grew up Cosmos fans, and uh, to be there and share that experience—you know, traveling away to a championship game uh, in the modern era—and then um, a couple of years later, being able to watch the home game with all my family with me. So my best friend was again with me for the the soccer bowl, but then I got to watch it as a home game where they'd won in 1972, the same field, same stadium. You know, that was so special to be able to watch the Cosmos win a, a league championship with my wife, my son, my daughter, and, and my best friend there who had been there with me two years before. So 
you know, those championship moments, especially um, from uh, the kind of more classic era. I was there at Giant Stadium when Roberto Cabanas did his amazing scorpion kick. We didn't call it a scorpion kick yet. We called it a backwards bicycle. When that happened, I, I, you know, I think I was in the upper deck um, with my father. I think my grandfather was with me at that game. Definitely, I was with my dad, and uh, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen at any sporting event in terms of just someone making an instinctive, miraculous play. And I've been kind of obsessed with that idea of witnessing the miracle since I was there that day at Giants Stadium. So for me personally, that's pretty big. It was broadcast on tape delay. Obviously, Pelé's farewell game was a really big thing when I was a kid, too. And the soccer bowls were huge. And, you know, But that moment at Giants Stadium, witnessing Cabana's miracle goal, um, that, that, was, that was really special. For me personally, you know, so that's, I mean, you're asking a personal question, not like a club historian. What was the greatest moment in mm-hmm. club history? You know, yeah, would yeah. be different than that. But for me, yeah. for me personally, it's kind of tough to sort them from that short list, but that would be my short list. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also, like I said, I, man, I, oh, I've seen a lot of photos of it and, uh, I, you know, it's been such a tough year for everyone. And obviously as you know, the, with suspended team operations right now, you know, but um, it's so difficult, uh, I'm sure, for fans worrying about an uncertain future. But, um, you know, I went to Barry Mayhew's funeral. He was the captain of that championship team in 72. And at the funeral, in the funeral home, um, or at the, um, at the service itself, there were a whole bunch of photos up from the locker room at uh, Hofstra when... Um, when the club won the first title and there were all these pictures of them. Uh, I think they were drinking Rheingold beer and, uh, in the pictures, Rheingold and, uh, boy, I would have loved to have witnessed the very first championship game. Um, actually got an email from, uh, Clive toy right before you called. And, and he was forwarding on a message from Randy Horton. Randy is looking for some video of his time with the club just to share with his grandkids boy i'd love to have video of of that 72 championship game you know so that's a that's a moment from the classic era we don't talk too much about the pre-play era enough in my view and i hope as a historian i've 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 done a decent job of trying to shed light on those kind of almost pre-film footage days you know before giant stadium boy if i could go back I'd like to see that 72 championship game. You know, that would have been really something. Maybe some of your listeners were there, saw that 72 game, you know? Yeah. I've watched all the other championship games over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I've never you know, wish, wish we could have, you know, think about that in terms of, you know, the, how far we've come in, uh, in, in 50 years, you know, the first championship game wasn't even really filmed in its entirety. Stop and think about that. You know, um, uh, it's a it's amazing we've gone from that era to the present, and uh, when you think about how far we've come, then you think, okay, we, you know, I'm also uh, as we're speaking, you know, I've been watching the the FIFA Club World Cup, and I still hold hopes that we're going to win this thing. I want in my lifetime so badly for the Cosmos to win the FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah, and yeah. I know the situation right now makes that sound like the craziest thing, mm-hmm. but you know, ten years ago you'd have said it would be crazy that I got to witness uh, a couple soccer bowl championships with my family and friends. 
you know, but that's what I've seen so far. I, you know, you would have thought that was crazy 10 years ago. So who knows, maybe in another 10 years, um, hopefully it won't take 50 years, but you know, I still want to see the Cosmos win that FIFA club world cup. That's, that's what we, that's what we must aspire to, to be the very best. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, there is an upcoming documentary. Uh, I believe it's called Big Time Soccer. Uh, I don't have the exact uh, release date here, but it is a documentary about the original North American Soccer League. So that should be very exciting to watch. That's great. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it, again, when you think about the impact that the film Once in a Lifetime had yeah, yeah. on the, uh, the, you know, kindling the, the reboot um, mm-hmm. so much interest in the cosmos but made that that documentary was so so very very popular mm-hmm. um you know one of the things i missed so much this past year was the the kicking and screening film festival which is always a highlight to me of the of the year um and uh the cosmos are uh, made for the big screen aren't we um it's it's rock and roll soccer but it's also uh big screen soccer and uh um, the stars were just so great. The story so great. Um, doesn't surprise me in the least bit that uh, yet another film will come about to, to tell that story yet again. It's a, a story that needs to keep being told. Yeah, and I have the release date here. It's February 15th, uh, 2021. So Terrific. Yeah, it's yeah. one to look for. Definitely. Thanks to New York Cosmos Club historian Dr. David Kilpatrick for joining me on this week's episode of first team podcast i just want to end on this that with the news that the new york cosmos are going to go on a hiatus or that they're on a hiatus for an indefinite amount of time i think it's only right that we come together and stay together as a fan base because we don't want to see the cosmos not kick a ball for another 30 years for another 40 years and i think That's what separates us from other clubs throughout U.S. soccer. You have those MLS clubs that believe that they are a big club. They believe they are this big club because they are in the first division. They're in the top division. But they're in the first division because of the PLS. So on social media, every single day, every single week, Cosmos fans, first team podcast, on social media, we get hate for just supporting a soccer club. Because this soccer club is against the norm. Because we are a threat or a perceived threat to the establishment. But as a fan, as a supporter base, all we want is for our club to continue playing. Is our team to continue to play every single season. And we don't want that question mark surrounding the future of the boys in green. But that's the reality of lower division soccer. But we have an owner in Rocco B. Camiso who has the money, right? Who meets the net worth requirement and he can do what he wants. But the point I'm trying to make, and uh, I wanted to end on this, that the New York Cosmos are my life, right? This is a team I know for a lot of listeners out there of this podcast, they love the boys in green. They love the New York Cosmos. And yeah, we do deserve much better, right? We do deserve some sort of response or some sort of statement on the future of the New York Cosmos. But like I was saying earlier, we have to stay together We have to stay committed and we have to believe in the Cosmos brand. Because I genuinely believe that no matter who's playing 
or coaching or is the owner of the New York Cosmos, right? To me, let's just say that that doesn't matter, right? There will always be interest in the New York Cosmos as a brand, as a club, and that could be positive. That could be big news and good news if Rocco and if the Cosmos management and ownership, if they do decide to put the club up for sale, if that's what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not sure what's happening at the moment, but we will keep you updated here at First Team Podcast on all the latest that is going on with the New York Cosmos. I really hope that the Cosmos can uh, return to the field, can return to competitive action as soon as possible. Yeah, this is the 50th anniversary celebration. Uh, I want to thank Cosmos Club historian Dr. David Kilpatrick for joining me on this week's episode to talk all about that. And hopefully we can see the Cosmos back on the field as soon as possible. And if you want to protect the legacy and the brand of the New York Cosmos, you can visit firstteampod.com. That is firstteampod.com. That is the First Team Podcast official website. We are running an email list. And if you sign up, we will keep you up to date on all the latest regarding the New York Cosmos. And that will be a weekly email update. You will not be spammed. You will not be bombarded. It will be a one email All it is is one email every single week on the future of the New York Cosmos. So keep it locked on our website. Sign up to that email list because it is growing daily. uh, Because once we have more information every single week, we will update you on what's going on behind the scenes. And just note that that is exclusive content, right? That is an exclusive update to... Uh, people that are uh, signed up to that email list, not necessarily will we have that same information available on our website. So please keep it locked on our website, on our social media platforms. And if you want to protect and save the Neurocosmos, and I believe you do if you are tuning into this week's episode, please feel free to uh, head to our website, firstteampod.com. And sign up to our email list to protect and save the future of the New York Cosmos. And that is completely free to sign up to our email list. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of First Team Podcast. There is plenty of content on the way with our second episode of the week, which is First Team Podcast Extra Time with Kiesel Broom with former professional soccer player Kiesel Broom, which is released weekly on Thursdays. Lastly, keep it locked at firstteampod.com. That is firstteampod.com. That is the one-stop shop for everything on lower division soccer.